Um, so I've combined two groups. I've got the dating and relationship meetups that I just started and um, took over for one group in New York. And then I um, created another one here for Los Angeles. And then I'm also part of the nonpartisan red pill men's group. And that's a group where we discuss um, dating, sexuality, women, relationships, and politics without all the right-wing crap. Welcome to the nonpartisan red pill men's group. Um, we meet every month and you can register for that meeting just like you did here. And that's, that's at tinyurl.com slash redpillmen. And today we're talking about the soulmate myth. Right, and I think that's a part of the red pill. It's some of these, these are hard truths in some cases and they sound kind of harsh, but, and you know, I can't prove it right here and now, but I think most of this, these notions are true and that there is this notion that, you know, yeah, you know, uh, what in the last six months I um, was having a conversation with a woman and she managed to get across the idea of if you want a relationship with me, you have to pay for my roof repair and a house back east. And I just thought that was, that's incredibly crass, incredibly callous. And, and just that was harsh. And, and so there are you do now not everybody is that way. Thank goodness. Not all women are that way. But the fact that even 10 or 20 percent of them might be this way is kind of shocking, you know. So there are some hard truths between the genders unfortunately yeah 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 i think so i think um i think sometimes also there's negativity towards men that women have um if we stay focused on the soulmate myth there you know we can um we might not get into trouble yeah. <laughs> might not get into trouble but um you know like you know thinking the idea that men want to have sex with multiple women and they'll have sex with anybody and that they're dogs they're just dogs and so forth but hey ladies men are made to have sex men are made to make love to you we're physically built to do that so what the hell are you complaining about you know yeah i mean but i mean i could see where they would want men to act be nice towards them and behave in a civilized way and and if they click enough then physical intimacy occurs but um, but also with something you mentioned earlier that I wanted to second is yet yeah, men should have standards and other than just physical things, you know, right. they should expect to be treated reasonably and, and with some politeness and that sort of thing. But, you know, that varies from man to man, you know. And even what you said, you know, I'm going to go personal again. I'm dating a woman I've been with for a long time. Right. And, um, She's not really very aware, to tell you the truth. But the idea that I don't make as much money as her and I don't have as much as her, you know, and how she doesn't want to, in, in other words, and how her life, I don't exist in parts of her life. You know, I, her family doesn't know me, even though we've been together for 20-something odd years and all my family knows, you know, and and the idea that she will criticize me and ridicule me or what it's called henpeck or whatever because i don't meet those standards and the 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 idea that she's entitled to 
somebody who meets those standards, who 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 is rich, who makes more money than her, and and she feels entitled to that. And and then the idea of hypergamy, where if a if a rich guy comes along, of course she's going to jump on that. If that guy comes along, so there's the idea that that they're entitled to to that guy and they're entitled to monkey branch over to the guy if he comes along because they're women and their role is to um, <laughs> maximize natural selection to optimize natural selection so of course you know it doesn't matter whether you're it, does, it probably doesn't matter whether you're married but certainly if you're not married if if a guy comes along who's better you know that's just the way it is yeah yeah. that's basically what the soulmate myth is about and i would like to you know help some people you know with their with dating issues or answer any questions about that um because it seems like so many people have said oh you're i that's what my woman said to me last night you're my soulmate and i was thinking i'm doing a class tomorrow I'm doing this thing on, on the myth of the soulmate. I was, I was thinking, you know, but yeah. I'm thinking I'm your soulmate, but I'm invisible. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll just go Spike. My concern about this is that you guys seem to be missing quite a bit of the big picture. The way that people are is presented in church, in school, in normal society where this masculine, feminine, uh, gender um, role thing is supposed to be. I believe personally the 70s <laughs> came along and you know you were talking about the 50s where that shit was really ingrained. The 70s screwed the whole thing up because it brought women out of the house. You had women in the house with their laundry irons and refrigerators, no black ice coming up there. You know, you had a good gas furnace. You didn't have to see the coal man. So they had a lot of time. By the time the 60s were here and, you know, the unrest, you know, racially, um, civilly, where kids wanted to be not their damn um, toys for their, or, or their parents. Uh, they wanted to be individuals. They didn't all want to be the same guy, the same guy with the white shirt there. The, the penny loafers, the, you know, the whole thing. 70s put them out there together. They were separate. I was at a school where guys were on one side, girls were on the other side in the stairs, you know. But this stuff kind of changed in the 70s uh, with the flower power and, the, you know, hippies and the, everybody can see, you know, it was segregated. But by then you had mixed groups. That was a taboo. It would no longer became war. All these kinds of People were doing things that you shouldn't do. So now the roles are being supported, uh, keeping guys and girls in their place by making criminals go to jail. And when the criminals in jail will give you some welfare for your money, for your, you know, keep your interest. What all this has done, it has messed up everything. And now nobody knows what to do because it's not strict anymore. And the rules have been bent stomped on, changed. It, it, it's interesting that you guys are saying this. But... That, one thing I, I'll just add, and that the sexual revolution 
has what it did is sort of led led to a type of polygamy that the sexual women revolution freed women to go and have relations with um multiple men and so of course they choose the hottest best looking ones and so right. they end up sharing those men and then those men inevitably don't start a relationship with them and so and then that man yes. represents all men to them when most men are invisible to women and so the um so that's the sexual revolution has led to 30% of men being sexless you know 30% young men being sexless that sexless they don't they're not having any relations they don't have a woman they don't have that that's what the sexual revolution where whereas it's, it's like those guys in japan i think it's probably close to 70 percent you see that you know it's like i said the, the the roles aren't fixed anymore they let women go to work these guys don't know what the hell to do it used to be that's the way it is you're the guy you run things da, 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 da. it's over and guys don't know exactly where they fit because mm -hmm. it's been that way. It's dang near genetic, yeah. Well, when you say genetic, and this is what evolutionary um, psychologists say, is that we have this um, sexual strategies that evolve over um, because of women's needs and men's needs as well. And also, you know, women bear children men get women pregnant so the women we need a woman to bear children we don't need um each man to impregnate women we you know one man can impregnate multiple women so it, it, there's there's not a need for this other 30 percent of men out there who may not meet the standards that most women um, are looking for and we talk about these increasing standards they're not really increasing standards women are making women are killing it and men are being slaughtered yeah. the they've been trained out of the deal um for the last 30 or 40 years like you know the white shirt and tie business is gone you don't see a white shirt and tie at a funeral anymore it's, it's not <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I didn't understand everything you said there, but the white shirt and tie, the the, the whole white idea, shirt and tie. yeah, yeah, the formalism is gone. It's casual. It's not just on Friday, and that was a hell of a thing to even have a casual Friday in the eighties. You know, it's, it's people are trying to relearn their role. I think. And, and there are some people who were used to what it was, who are in the power position. They don't want to lose power. And there's, they're, 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 they're holding on and fighting like they're in a corner, you know? And uh, it's different. It used to be not as competitive for everybody. Now it is competitive for everybody. You exclude people. Uh, you've got people who, it cracked the glass filling up down to their damn waist. They're doing it, man. <laughs> so, so, Mr. Mr. Presido? Hi, Kathy. Is it Kathy or Lisa? Kathy. Oh, Kathy, go ahead. Speak. If you have a camera, that would be great. If we could see you, if not, that's okay. 
Uh, I just wanted to know what did you mean when you said that uh, men men are invisible? What did you mean by that? Well, the statistics are that most men are pretty much invisible to women. I mean, most a lot of guys that don't meet women's standards for um, attractiveness or or um, status um, are invisible to them. You know, they, they don't really see those men that they really don't want anything to to do with. Is kind of, and that's a lot of men. So does that make sense, Kathy? Uh yes, it does. And um uh it um it affects them in like you were saying in in negative uh negative ways. Yeah, I mean I I have to acknowledge that men can do a lot to make themselves more attractive to women, to make them more selves more visible to women. But yeah, I mean just think about it. Human connection and intimacy is a human need you know it's not something that uh, some men deserve and other men don't you know these men need affection need that affection and need that intimacy need really need a relationship with a woman and yet um you know they're a lot of them are just like young men this is a good example because there's a lot of old scraggly guys out there you know who probably no woman wants to touch but um young men you know between the ages of 18 and and 30 you know are have to focus on their careers you know the only thing they can do is focus on their careers and wait until they hit 30 unless you're a six foot stud then you've got a bunch of married and older women who are willing to um, be with you and go to the, they go to the strip club to to be with those young guys but when um or the bachelorette party but basically when um they're alone you know and these are good looking young men they just don't have anything you know they can't really take you out on a date they can't spend two to three hundred dollars on a date you know it's a high school date you know they take you to the movies maybe maybe they take you to dinner you know, um, but they're they're not rich. They're not provider material, and they may not be really good looking in the sense of being average. You know, average men, and so they're alone. They're frustrated. They're turning to authoritarianism and right wing extremism because they're yeah. they're you know they're being slaughtered in that sense. You know, they're they they have these needs and and um, they can't get them satisfied so they just have to focus on the career and wait until they're 30 to really start um having any type of action for a lot of these men did i go off go ahead oh i was gonna say well here's something that i've found and i guess as you were um commenting richard about your relationship with your girlfriend um it seems like there is you know it there's a lot more of whether it's like, you know, kind of that like power thing or victim bully, what, you know, whatever you want to call it, that it's like, sometimes it's the, you know, the man who's the bully and sometimes it's the woman who's the bully. And, um, and then sometimes it, it seems like it's like this 
power play or something. I, I don't understand it, but what I've found is, so I was married for like 16 years and not right away, but like, you know, the last few years he became emotionally and verbally abusive. And it's just like, what the hell? And I, I mean, I tried, you know, we tried to work on the marriage, but in the end he didn't stop doing that. So I divorced him and um, then he married someone and then he kind of took the role of victim and then now his um wife uh even physically and verbally and emotionally abuses him so it's like i've just i've, I've sometimes have seen that pattern and it's, it's interesting but then like with myself i mean i you know want and maybe this is why i never get dates <laughs> i don't know or something i put out there but it's like i will not settle for anything less than equality on both ends it's not like you know, I need to, you know, uh, put down my spouse or boyfriend, whatever, because of whatever reason, nor can he. And it seems like, especially in today's world, it's like, there's always this contest or this power. And it's just, it's, it's really frustrating. So and I've, I've just heard so many people that have that, you know, some type of thing where it's like that, you know, kind of like that, that, power play where so that's my yeah lisa that's actually the very next thing that rollo tomasi talks about in his book and that's what we'll be talking about next week is power in relationships so i think it is very connected to this because he connects it to um the soulmate myth it's the very next chap section of the book so um and Actually, what he says is about power. The main thing he says is that the person who needs the other person least is the one with the most power. And, um, but I didn't, I am not prepared to talk about that, that section of the book. Um, right. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, the thing that people do, yeah, I mean, we grow up with abuse. That's, that's one reason why I'm in the relationship because of, you know, growing up with people with personality issues but anyway i forgot what else i was going to add to that what you said lisa um can you tell me once again what um summarize what you just said so i can remember it oh just that um quite often whether you know it used to be more often that like the male would sometimes be you know uh you know the bully we'll say um and the wife was yeah the victim or the or the person bullied and then um but now it's like as you know things have changed is quite often both that it's like sometimes it's the man who's the bully and sometimes it's the woman who's the bully but there's a tendency for people in relationships to um even if it doesn't start out that way, it's like eventually there tends to be this power play where one person thinks that they need to kind of um, like put the other person down or, or kind of bring them down in some way, shape or form. Yeah. I, yeah. That some of that has to do with personality issues and their um, particularly narcissism. Um, yes. 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 So, um, it, and, and the thing is, you know, Here's one thing to think about when you talk about a commitment to equality, because I, I had a commitment to equality because when I 
I had a mystical conversion experience in a feminist studies class in college. And I minored in women's studies. It's called the study of women and men in society at the University of Southern California. And then, um, and I did some writing and stuff like that. But I would say, hey, we're equal. Pay your way. I mean, I was a college student. You know, I didn't have a lot of money, you know. But at the same time, I really felt, why should I have to pay for a date? Why am I paying for a date? You know, why am I the one paying? You know, yeah. doesn't this woman want to be with me? You know, um, we're supposed to be equal here, you know. And what I didn't understand at the time um, was that, well, it's part of the seduction process. That's one way of saying it for a man to pay for the date. There's traditional things, it, and, but women really, they, they, they always want their cake and to eat it too. You know, they want equality on one hand, but then they want a traditional relationship on another. And the traditional relationships are based on inequality. So, um, so the idea that, you know, we demand inequality, I would love if a woman demanded equality and treated me equally but we we have a tendency to be competitive right in a sense in that the woman's trying yeah, to lock, exactly. yeah trying to lock yeah. down right and the man's trying to um get the best woman he can you know best looking woman i guess i don't know but yeah so um and there was one more thing i was going to say about that um, but i forget what that was yeah. Well, if I could just ask Lisa, if you could elaborate on what is your idea of equality and, and if you could include like who pays for dates and stuff like that, I'd be curious to hear the woman's perspective on that. Okay. I mean, I guess for paying for dates, um, I mean, it, it maybe depends. I mean, if like the, you know, if one person makes a lot more money, then they should maybe pay for, you know, more of the dates not all of them but if they make the same amount then you know they should you know take turns paying um and you know but i mean i guess for equality what i meant more about was um just the way that you treat each other it's like you know uh thinking that you know okay, I'm better than my spouse because I make more money or because I'm cuter or because I'm whatever. And then just berating the, you know, you know, significant other and berating them and bringing them down and then making them feel terrible is um, that's or maybe just like bickering at them constantly about like just every little thing. I mean, that's the... Um, as opposed to trying to be a part of the solution. And, you know, I think it might partly come from, you know, all of this from, you know, misinterpretation of like religion and Christianity, because it's like, there's, you know, some people, you know, Christians who believe that's like the man is always in charge and da, 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 you know, you know, because of, you know, things that it says in the Bible, but it's like, my interpretation of that is, it's like we're all God's children, so therefore he doesn't treat his children differently. Why should we treat each other differently? But um, you know, in relationships. But I think you know a lot of you know that kind of does come from Christianity. Yeah, I would I would address and say 
sometimes we we want to look at things like christianity and and make them the boogeyman here um but the truth one of the th truth is is that sort of inequality is built into hypergamy it's built into females um nature uh, not nature saying their evolutionary evolved nature now I, i'm gonna say that women can and should control their own behavior um and that they're not bound by their evolutionary psychology because we men are not bound because we men have a lot of things from our desires and, and wants from our Neanderthal sexual um, strat sort of evolution, but we don't act on all of them, thank God. And, and at this point in time, women need to not act on some of these things like demanding that a man make more money than you i mean that's a minimum standard for a lot of women you know but hey where where's the equality you're not making room for equality you're going to eliminate a lot of men and other men might complain about contributing to the household you know and the idea that somehow it seems to me that women always have to be in the black financially in the relationship that 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 a relationship becomes a profit-making enterprise um, for women. And the idea that women will always cost more. When Orion Terrabin says, you know, women will always contribute um, less than they cost because then you have, then you contribute because they're using basically, it's basically a sexual type of thing, you know, that they, they have that, lever or that evolution they demand a man who's better than them that's what women are looking for is a man that's better than them now on the other hand you know that narcissistic um you know because people feel entitled both men and women feel entitled to their list of things especially if they're narcissistic and so my girlfriend feels entitled to a man who makes more money than her now she's might be say on the, in the next breath she says um i um just need a good man i make my own money but then the very next breath you know so basically they feel entitled to that so they're willing to ridicule just henpeck just criticize you because you don't meet the standards that they feel they're entitled to and then also Sometimes we talk about how we treat each other and we talk about it in terms of what we think um, from our political perspectives, from modern thinking, from feminist ideas or, or whether maybe it's conservative, whatever, but we, we express these things, but then the dynamics of the relationship are not necessarily like that. In other words, do women really want a man to treat them as their equal, um, maybe not in the bedroom, right? Um, so there's a there's a psychological need that sort of is built in that sort of even though we intellectually think that we should be this way, things like sexuality, we are not what in our sexuality we're often not what we feel we are or should be and 
So, but in other ways, a woman, so we have this idea that a woman wants to be treated equally, but then if a woman loses respect for a man, right, then she also cannot love a man that she doesn't respect and in a sense, look up to. So sometimes these things are traps, you know, you know, the woman says, we want to be equal, we want to be equal, but their nature or their sexuality demands something different. It demands a man to be dominant, to be powerful, to be uh, strong, to be rich, mm-hmm. right? So, um, so we're sort of caught in this idealized version of a pro-feminist reality that we want to reach of equality and uh, treating the earth with fairness, but we're blocked by this sexual desire for to be dominated or to dominate or to, to, to be overwhelmed in, in that type of relationship. And even in our relationships, we, we want a man to be, women often want a man to be in control, to make the decisions, to drive the car, you know, to pay for the dates. It's not an equal situation. And a woman doesn't actually want the equal situation because she wants a man. And a man is not her equal in a sense that she seeks and desires a man who is superior to her rather than someone who is at the same level or below. 